Hi, and welcome to the No More Overwhelm Today podcast. My name is Anna Koss, and I'm a self-development and improvement junkie who loves living life to the fullest and making time for the more important things in life. Do you often feel overwhelmed and stressed by your endless to-do list amount of tasks you have to complete? You wish there were more hours in the day than you currently have? I've been there. I've got you. It's my mission with this podcast to help you get your life back under control with simple yet effective tips, tricks and tools to increase and up-level your productivity and focus. So you ultimately get more done and take daily action which will help you to accomplish the goals and dreams. My goal is for you to live empowered, motivated and inspired. Remember, you've got this. The life you envision is out there. So go and get it. Hi guys, how are you all doing? I'm personally really excited because this week I got all my Christmas decorations out and I decorated the entire flat and I'm feeling really Christmassy at the moment with all my decorations, the good food and of course the mild wine. And I was talking with my parents the other day and they are super excited because I'm going over to Germany for Christmas this year. Finally, the last time I went over there was in 2019. Thank you, COVID. And they have started to do the prep work for when I come over in terms of what we can do together, the activities, what food to cook, um, if there are any presents that I would like, etc. And it got me thinking that they're really organized and they have started the prep work already and they're setting themselves up for a stress-free Christmas. Well done to them. So this episode is all about how to have a stress-free Christmas and some of the things I do to reduce stress during the festive period and also on the big day. So the first thing I pretty much do is make a list. I love a good list. I make a list of all the things I have to do and also all the things I want to do during the Christmas period, such as buying Christmas presents and the Christmas tree, meeting friends, baking cookies, wrapping the presents, doing a bit of crafting and so on. And this is my master list for Christmas. And what this list allows me to do is it allows me to get an overview of all the tasks and activities I have to do. I want to do and that I really need to plan for. Then I take my calendar out and I block out or I write down any meetings or appointments I have already confirmed. So this might be going to a Christmas party or the office Christmas party perhaps, meeting friends to go to the Christmas market um, or going shopping for the tree and, and things like that. Once I have blocked out those days and times, I'm able to see when I'm free and obviously when I'm not. And that allows me to make better decisions around using my time. When someone invites me for drinks on a Wednesday, for example, and another person is inviting me to go to the Christmas market on the following day, the Thursday, the next day, basically, I might want to check if we could meet perhaps a few days before or after the Wednesday with with my other friend as I would like to rest the next day or maybe do something more relaxing such as playing with my puzzle at home or, or something like that. So seeing when you have things planned just allows you to also schedule some rest days in between so you don't have back-to-back -back activities. Next I make sure to think about presents early on. 
starting to think about presents as soon as possible, perhaps now in November already, can take the majority of stress away. We often, and as me included, have no idea what to get our loved ones and friends. We want to get something, but really have no clue what. And I struggle with this year after year. I don't like it when someone asks me what I want for Christmas, because often I don't know myself what I want. <laughs> so again, I make a list. I make a list of presents that I might want to have. I write down anything that pops up once in a while where I'm thinking, oh, this would be nice to have, or that's very cute. But those things that I don't really buy for myself for some reason, I don't know why, but that's just how it is. And I add all these present ideas that pop up anything that I can think of my parents might want to have or like, my grandparents, my partner, etc. I, I write them all down. And some ideas might be rubbish, but it gets me into the habit of continuously adding present ideas to that list and hopefully at least one will work out that I can go with in the end. As I said, anything that pops up once in a while, I add to that list. But I also add present ideas when I'm watching television and I see something on telly and I think, oh, this might work. But I also listen out and ask indirect questions to the people that I want to get a present for. And what I also do is I set time away early on to actively think about presents for my loved ones. And that can be an evening, that can be an hour before work, but I really schedule some time to come up with present ideas. The next tip is also relating to presents. A good idea to reduce stress about presents is to set a baseline. If you're doing Secret Center in the office, I used to do that in my past um, jobs very often. Or if it's common for you to exchange presents with your friends, it might be a good idea to set like a spending limit. For example, you can say, we only buy gifts for each other that are worth up to 10 pounds or 20 pounds, whatever limit you want to set. But that takes out the expectation of, oh, you have to get something really great and yeah, wonderful and, and big. So if you set a spending limit, then you're already expecting something a bit smaller, but it's supposed to be a gesture. So setting that spending limit of, again, for example, £10, that might be a good start to also reduce stress. And of course, the same can apply to buying presents for family members. I luckily don't have that big of a family, but I know there are people who have three sisters and they all have two kids and you have to buy for the niece and nephew. So all of a sudden you're buying presents for 20 people. And again, I struggle with buying presents even just for my parents. So I can imagine if you have a really big family, that must be very overwhelming to find a good present for everyone. And for people like me who live abroad, it's also harder to see and listen out for anything that our you know, friends and family abroad might like, what they want to have as a little prezi, because you're just not around them. And the same goes 
for my parents as well. I'm not around them every day, every week. So it's more difficult for all of us to know what the other person might like or need or want to have. So that's why we also just ask each other, what would you like to have for Christmas? But that takes the fun away a little bit. So my parents, for example, have said they don't want me to get them anything anymore. Because for them it's pointless, in, in their opinion at least. They always say me coming over and being able to to spend time with them, that's all they really want. And that's very sweet. And needless to say, they still want to get something for me though, because I'm their child. But yeah, that's a whole other topic. Basically, what I'm trying to say is you can also opt for Christmas, I guess, with no presents if you wish. Or presents again, that have a maximum monetary value attached to them. So they are more like, here's a little something I'm thinking of you rather than here's this really expensive present and now I'm broke. Or here's a present, but I actually don't know if you really like it. (laughs) Another important thing to do around Christmas is to manage expectations. And I think that's first and foremost our own expectations. Around Christmas, our expectations tend to be amplified. We want to have this perfect Christmas and the perfect festive period. We might try to recreate the Christmas from our childhood, for example, or trying to create the perfect Christmas for our own kids. And that's something I used to have really big problems with. I used to have this picture in my head what Christmas was supposed to look like and feel like. And in my head... I should have made plenty of Christmas cookies every year, have a nice meal every Advent Sunday, do crafting, meet friends every second day. Because that's what Christmas used to look like when I was little. I mean, I didn't have to manage anything. I just used to turn up and have fun. But the truth is, I'm an adult now and I don't have much time and I'm not making enough time. I'm not making certain Christmassy activities a priority because life is different now. And in the end, I don't do normally half the things I want to do that I have on my list. And the truth is also, I most likely add too many things on my Christmassy things I want to do. And often I have the wrong reasons for wanting to do all these things in the first place anyways. And... That's something I just recently figured out because I realized I was trying to recreate the Christmas I had as a child. But like I said, I'm an adult now. I live in a different country with different traditions. My partner is not as Christmas crazy as I am and my family. And the circumstances have changed. And I can't have the same Christmas I had when I was a little girl. I'm chasing something that I can't get that doesn't exist really and instead of trying to chase something that doesn't exist anymore I should just try to make Christmas my own again if you know what I mean so by managing my own expectations I set myself up for a happier and less stressful Christmas I don't have to do all the things on my list I should do them because I enjoy doing them and not because I think I have to or because I think it will get me back the Christmas I had as a kid So setting expectations, at least for me, was really liberating. And I know it can be for you too. 
But setting expectations also includes setting expectations for other people around you. Christmas is supposed to be fun. You're supposed to enjoy it, not be stressed or feel guilty or even have rows with your family. And setting expectations for others is about letting them know what they can expect from you, what you're prepared to do, how much you're prepared to spend on presents, for example, or certain activities, how long you're prepared to stay for drinks after the office, and so on. And there's no shame in letting people know that perhaps this year you don't want to, or perhaps you can't buy presents for everyone, or not that many, that it has to be something smaller this year because you might not have that much disposable income due to the current economic climate. And let's face it, all of us have less buying power now. I was lucky to get a pay increase over the summer and back then I thought, wow, that's a really nice increase. But a few months later, inflation was going up well above 10% and in the UK we still have over 10% inflation. And I still had less money than I actually had the year before (laughs) because the increase didn't match the rate of inflation and prices are still going up. Another topic I want to address is boundaries. And that's, I think, really important during the festive season too. This time of year is very busy, hectic and stressful for a lot of people. There are all these Christmas activities that we're trying to fit in, such as going to the Christmas market, attending Christmas parties, baking with the kids, buying presents, visiting Father Christmas, and the list goes on. Plus, we still have to go to work, and for many companies, the end of the year can be the busiest. Many companies also don't allow their employees to take time off in December as they want to close the last quarter of the year on a high note and they want to close every deal possible that's still out there because every deal counts. Hence, it's even more busy and stressful at work than it normally is and on top you have all the Christmas activities that are coming up. Setting boundaries should be a priority this time of year. I mean, it should technically always be a priority, (laughs) but when your calendar is full to the brim, setting boundaries and protecting your time, energy and space is really important. It's important so it doesn't become too much for you, that you don't have a nervous breakdown and all of a sudden start to become very snappy and start to go to your colleagues. You could say no to invites that you don't want to attend. Or maybe stay only for one drink when you go to the pub with your colleagues and not until the last round. Don't be afraid to say no to people when they are trying to convince you to tag along, stay longer, just for one more drink, but we know how that ends up. Or when they ask you to take on or help with extra work. If it doesn't work for you, if you have plans, if you simply don't want to go, you don't feel like going somewhere, or you have no time, to do extra work, tell people. If they like and value you, they will understand. And at work, I mean, if there's too much work, then your company should be hiring more people, to be frank about it. Always remember, you are giving a service to the company you work for. You give them your time and skills in exchange for payment. It's a transaction. And the terms of that relationship and transaction is defined in your contract. If it says you have a 40-hour week, okay, 
work 40 hours. It's okay to work overtime once in a while, but if you're working overtime frequently, that's not okay. This way of thinking, it's the norm to start work early and finish 30 minutes later, is bullshit. I think it's exploitation. I know a lot of people who work overtime, and if they want to do it, that's their problem. That's totally up to them. But I keep on telling those people they shouldn't. I really like them, but they shouldn't be working overtime every single day. You don't owe anything to the company you work for. Again, the relationship is a transactional one. You give them a service and they pay for it. It's as simple as that. I personally hardly work overtime and I don't make myself available after office hours or when I'm on holiday like a lot of people do. A ton of my colleagues say things like, just text me if you need anything or I'll be checking emails although they're supposed to be on holiday. And I know they're trying to help me out, for example, but it's not necessary, it's not needed. And like I said, they're all nice people and I respect them a lot, but they simply shouldn't work overtime every single day. And when they say things like, oh, text me if you need anything, although they are on holiday, they set themselves up for a trap because people will expect them to be available going forward every time they are on holiday. Anyways, I have very strong opinions about that, if you can tell. But setting boundaries and managing expectations is really important during the festive season. That's what I'm trying to say. All right, let's move on to a time-saving tip. The tip I have for you is stick with the tried and tested recipes. I love collecting recipes. I go through magazines and every time I see a recipe where I think, oh, that sounds quite yummy, I rip it out and I keep it in a folder. I have a ton of different roast recipes, cookie recipes, cake recipes, drinks recipes for winter that I collected over the years. And of course I want to try them out. But the problem with those is that it always takes longer to prepare something that's completely brand new that I have never made before. And also I don't know if it tastes good or not. And the same applies to everyone else I would assume, unless you're a super chef and you already know all the flavor combinations. (laughs) So if you don't have a lot of time, Don't try out a new recipe, especially not when you are having guests over, if you're hosting. Having guests is already cause for stress for many people. At least a little stress. I guess it's good stress, but nevertheless it's stress. And especially if you want to be a good host, right? So sticking with tried and tested recipes takes some of the stress away. You know your guests will definitely enjoy what you're going to serve them. And with the new recipe, if something goes wrong, you might have to start all over again. Or at the end, you might not have anything to present at all. Maybe you burn the food. I don't know. I hope not. But try out the new recipe when you have a bit more time. And when you know you have a plan B to fall back on. But don't put yourself in a stressful situation from the beginning when you can really avoid it. And... The next point I want to mention is about travel. Plenty of people travel abroad during Christmas to visit their families, like me, or because they want to be in a hotter country, or maybe even a colder country, visit Father Christmas in Lapland, or they don't like to celebrate Christmas, whatever the reason. 
it's really important, especially nowadays, to check entry requirements to countries as well as import requirements. COVID is still around, although the news agencies here in the UK stopped reporting about it. But in Germany, for instance, they are talking about bringing back the masks mandate. And since Brexit, there are certain items that we can't bring into Germany anymore from the UK, such as cheese and plants, just to name a few. I used to be able to buy anything here in the UK and take it back to my parents. Now I can't do that anymore. And my parents, if they want to visit me, they actually need a passport now. They can't travel with their ID cards anymore. No one from the EU can go into the UK with the ID cards anymore. And actually, they wanted to come and visit me for my birthday at the beginning of November. But they completely forgot about it. So they didn't have a valid passport. They weren't able to travel. So they weren't able to visit me. And a lot of things have changed in the past two years since Brexit, COVID, etc. So it's worth freshening up about travel restrictions, entry requirements, COVID rules, etc. And also when you're traveling by car, not just flying, but when you're traveling by car, for example, if you're driving from the UK to France or the Netherlands, it's also important to inform yourself about driving rules. I know in the UK you can drive with your summer tires all year round. There is no law saying you have to have winter tires in winter, but it's different for a lot of countries in the EU. I know in Germany you have to have all, I believe it's called all year tires or winter tires in the winter, but you definitely can't drive with your summer tires. And in France, I know there are a lot of toll roads. And we don't really have them here in the UK. I think we just have a handful, but there are plenty in France. And again, since Brexit, a lot of things have changed. So just make sure you're prepared and not in for a shock or end up paying a hefty fine when you're traveling around now. And don't leave this last minute. If you need to get certain permits or certain items for the car, make sure you check everything at the beginning of December so you have enough time to order anything that is missing. And last but not least, have fun. Enjoy this time of the year, have fun. That's really the most important thing to remember. And with that said, I'm going to make myself a glass of hot mulled wine now and I will watch a nice movie. So thanks guys for listening as always. It would be great if you could spread the word about this podcast so more people can find it and benefit from it. Take care and see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to know what your key takeaways were. So come and join me on Instagram and let's chat. You can find me at No More Overwhelm. I would also be grateful if you could leave a review so more people can find this podcast and benefit from it. And if you love what you heard today and never want to miss an episode, you can of course subscribe for free to the podcast. Remember, you've got this. The life you envisioned is out there. Go and get it.